We've got David George, who's the poetry editor for Helicon Arts Magazine, who's come in today to talk to us about the latest issue and about what the arts magazine does in general. David, thank you for coming in. No problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's going to be confusing having two Davids on the show, but never mind. Um, yes. So you are the poetry editor of Helicon. I am. Yeah. And can you just explain to um, our listeners exactly what Helicon is? Helicon and this is a good question because not many people do seem to know what it is, but it's the student arts magazine and all the content is entirely generated by students here at Bristol University. We have all sorts of poetry, prose, short stories and and general arts features and it comes out three times uh, each academic year and we're just about to launch we're just about to launch the new one. Great. And is this entirely student-run? Do the students submit their work and it's assessed by other students? Yes, there's a, a, f- a feedback process which, which is really important to Helicon. And each student who submits any work will get, a, will get feedback, constructive feedback, from <laughs> one of the... I forget how many of the, us there are, but each section will, will take, take it in and, and give them their intelligent hopefully views great what a great source um now many people may think that writing prose writing poetry that sort of thing it's all just english students surely (laughs) well says an english student student. (laughs) yes and as well half an english student myself i guess i can't i can't really talk about that but uh it's hard to shake off that stigma i guess Mm -hmm. um it's op- it goes without saying hopefully that it's open to all people no matter what your degree cause it's not the it's not the lit- literature wing of the of the de- of the english department <laughs> you know that that's not what it's about at all but it's that, that's just the way that the that it falls that the majority of people do end up contributing from english i think it's people who start reading poetry for the first time seriously for their degree (laughs) suddenly start thinking well I can give this a go which is great but you know I'd I'd love to read some poems about biotechnology (laughs) certainly you should should Hmm. get on to it David um, yes, I don't know about physics poetry. I don't, I have to come physics up poetry would probably be more interesting than than <laughs> a lot of things which people tend to write about for the first time. <laughs> well, there you are. Well, um, you've said earlier that um, you're launching your next issue. Um, just to ask quickly on that, is, is it done by seasons? Do you have one every term? or? Yeah, it's termly. Term. Um, mm-hmm. the, the one in the final term is... is, is sometimes like overruns a little bit but we're hoping not to do that this year (laughs) um uh but yes this is this this is the autumn term Mm -hmm. great and so this this autumn term edition tell us all about that well the theme is roots and branches Mm -hmm. and as some of your listeners will probably guess there's a a lot of scope for a literal reading of that for an autumn issue but it's not just it's not just uh, an, a nature-themed issue. I I think that most of the poems that I've put in, for for instance, have have been along different lines, which me and my co-poetry editor Kat um, set out. We asked people to write if they could about their own roots, be it hometowns or family members, and to basically try and g- give people an idea of where they come from, which you know can get lost in 
university sometimes and it's and it and we thought it'd be good to reflect upon uh, upon our origins yeah definitely so what kind of a response did you have it's it's been very good and the standard was actually very very high um i've got a section which i'm in incredibly happy with and you know before I came into the job I was expecting I was expecting to have to put out some fairly ropey student poetry but (laughs) I'm pleased and delighted to announce that that's not the case I don't think um the we we got a lot we got a lot but there's still room for much more and if anybody listening would like to submit we we'll we'll we accept continuously so it'll be if it it'll well if it gets accepted it'll be for the next issue which will be the at the end of the spring term but that's thinking quite far ahead but you will get feedback as soon as possible from us hmm. um just butting in here slightly you were talking about um coming into the job do you mind my asking how long have you had this post now um well this is the first issue i've had to prepare mm-hmm. i i assumed the position going into this academic year mm-hmm and uh, have you uh, had experience of, um, uh, were you aware of Helicon before taking on the post? Uh, yeah, I was a contributor mm-hmm. to the poetry section last year. I got um, a poem in every issue. And so I just decided to take the next logical step, hmm. as I saw it, and go for editor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just because I've been walking around for the last two years with my eyes shut, but I haven't. I was vaguely aware of Helicon's existence, but I can't say it had a particularly high profile. I noticed that seems to have changed. There's there's lots of flyers on the tables downstairs. Um, yes, that, that, that hopefully should be quite yeah, good for you. Everyone is talking about it this term, actually. I think it has been. There's a lot more coverage of it. Well, I certainly hope so. It's it's all very relative, I'm afraid, and that for every every person who might have who might have become aware of it this term i'm sure there are 25 million people who continue in blissful ignorance uh, and it is a something that we struggle with there's only so much you can do i think and whilst we think that there's plenty of scope for giving it a more prominent position in certainly the student media world of bristol it's it's, it's good to have you know scope and perspective and to know know how much how much you can reasonably achieve and i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if it's a quite a tight-knit literary literary community reads it that sounds exclusive and i don't want it to be but i'd i'd i certainly wouldn't want to sacrifice anything to reach to to reach what will probably be a marginally wider audience Mm. Mm -hmm. fair enough Certainly. Just briefly going back to you saying that you submitted your own poetry last year. Um, is that something you've always done? Is that something you've always had an interest in? Um, I, I came to poetry very late myself. I, I, like the only, the only time I, no, the first time I remember being especially aware of it uh, was actually at A level. I, I remember it being very scant on the GCSE syllabus and during my A-levels I I had to read but absolutely fell head over heels for um, The Wits and Weddings by Philip Larkin which I now have mixed feelings about but it came to me at exactly the right time and since then I started 
to try writing but I, th- I think that the first time you go to put something on the page is a really odd moment mm. and it's it's hard to know where to go at all let alone go in inter- interesting directions um, but I carried on and that's I think the most important thing I think most people would come would sit down at their desk with maybe a vague inkling of what they want to write about and then write either something very cliched or or just not write anything at all and I think you have to battle through the cliche because it's really hard not to succumb to it at least at the start and I hope I've kind of maybe got beyond it and that's as that's as far as I'm willing to blow my own trumpet (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. Okay, um, moving back to Helican, but sticking with the subject of poetry. Um, a little bit later, you're going to read us one of the poems that's been published in um, the forthcoming issue of Helicon. Um, but um, on Helicon in general, there's a launch happening this week, is there not? There is. It's, it's tomorrow night, actually, in the Black Bear mm-hmm. at the top of White Ladies Road. Um, starts at eight, uh, contrary to what the voucher says, which is an epigram th- this week, uh, which <laughs> says it starts at six. I'm sure you can go to Stark. At, uh, sorry, Black Bear used to be called Stark. I'm sure you can go there at six, but you may not get Helicon fun for another two hours. <laughs> I'll be going on till about half past twelve, and we have a mixture of live bands and DJs. Um, who will be playing all sorts of music? I know that my f- friend, who's a reggae DJ, uh, will be will be playing there. So it may not be just you know the usual mimsy art student get together. <laughs> it, sh- it should be quite banging. Not not too highbrow. Not too highbrow at all. No, we won't all be <laughs> sitting around drinking Darjeeling and stroking our chins. <laughs> Sounds great. And is this the sort of thing people buy tickets for? Or do they just turn up on the no, door? No, just turn up on the door. Mm-hmm. It's um. This is one thing I, I should definitely know how much it is to get in. It's free for members. I know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a very small, insignificant fee for non-members. Great. Okay. So, um, without further ado, would you like to read us the poem you've brought with us and perhaps tell us a little bit about it and why you chose it? Yes, absolutely. Well, this is by a very talented a poet called Sarah Marsh and it's called My Mother Ironing and I, I think that it for me I was very moved when I read it actually uh, and it was a significant moment for me as a poetry editor when I realised that stuff I received could you know hit me in the guts and really and and make me proud of what I put out um, and it's about her mother ironing and for me it got to the heart of that moment as a kid when you realise that your parents actually an individual person with all sorts of feelings and and an interior life basically as opposed to just the giver of food and (laughs) clothes and and all the things which you just take for granted as a kid and it and there's a moment in this poem where it becomes apparent so i wouldn't like to second guess her intentions too much um so i i think i'll just read it rather than 
rather than do so. <laughs> um, okay. My mother ironing. My mother ironing when I was a child and telling me stories as she ironed. Every lift and thump of the iron like a conductor's baton orchestrating the capriccios and allegrettos of elves and goblins, princesses and heroes, match girls and valiant tin soldiers. And yet, there was a distance in my mother's eyes I could not bridge. The ironing came out perfect, every collar and cuff, every gusset and seam. The story wove like the thread of my dream, from look to spell, from trance to glance, to the waltz at midnight. And yet, there was something else, something other, that was neither the story nor the ironing, but was my mother. Something else that would occasionally cause her tongue to falter, her hand to lift, and hold the iron uncertainly for a moment, becoming visible through her stillness, audible through her silence. My mother and then disappear beneath the thump of the iron, submerge beneath the words of the story. And yet, the ironing has long since gone to rags, and I have forgotten the stories. All that remains is the memory of my mother ironing. Mm. Yeah, really, really great. I can see exactly yeah. what you meant about why you chose that. That was, um, yes. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know quite how to respond to that yeah, to be honest. a bit it's deep quite for a, 20 so. past 3 of a, <laughs> of a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> yeah. but, um, uh, yeah. but I think it's got lightness of touch as well yes uh, it's not too heavy yeah um, would it be rude of me to ask how old the poet is whether it's the first year or it wouldn't be rude of you to ask I don't think <laughs> I'm equipped to answer though <laughs> um, I don't know Mm-hmm. Um, all my only contact with Sarah is through uh, email, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I've never thought to ask actually, <laughs> um, and it's senseless to even venture a guess. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much for reading it, and I'm sure that if that's an example of the kind of thing that's in Helicon this term, then it must be a really, really great publication. Yes, yeah. there are, I think, ten poems, which of at least a similar calibre so do try and pick one up if you can we'll be selling uh, next week around uni Mm -hmm. and it costs a pound um, but that you know we're not creaming it off for ourselves that goes (laughs) straight into the costs of running the magazine Mm -hmm. Um, is it um, sold purely in the university or is it no it's not it's um, sold in various places around around Bristol it's, it's sold in like Blackwell's Cafe Oppo Waterstones um, he, the Here Gallery uh, in Stokes Croft various other venues as well hmm. um, so keep an eye out for it uh, but certainly in in the university bookshops mm-hmm. it'll be around mm-hmm. hmm. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming in to talk to us, David. It's been it's been really interesting. No, a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Um, good to hear all about it and look forward to reading it myself. <laughs>